not your normal paranormal. Normal is an illusion. What is normal for the spider is chaos for the fly. Come with us on a journey where the cold creeps up on you, where the shadows are larger than life, where you'll lose your courage and possibly your mind. And you like it like that. <laughs> Not Your Normal Paranormal Podcast explores the weird, unnatural, and unknown. Subject matter may vary and may contain graphic or explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Enter at your own risk. So the two of swords. A, no. B, no. A, damn it. What? <laughs> She's doing? I'm so confused. You think you don't know the answer, but you do. The witch in this picture has a decision to make, but it is possible she isn't looking. She isn't going about making it in the most effective way. Even the cat knows she's being silly. Sometimes it is hard to be decisive when faced with a difficult choice. But the two of swords tells you that you already know which answer is right. You just have to take off your blindfold and really look at the situation. So things to consider: Why aren't you looking at, or what aren't you looking at clearly? If you are trying to make a tough choice, what does your gut say to do? Probably the options aren't as tough to choose between as you are making it seem. Try flipping a coin. If you are disappointed with the side that comes up, you clearly wanted to do the other. Don't be fooled into thinking that this decision is impossible to make. Really, you already know what to do. Okay, hey, I understand that. If someone that to flip a coin, why is it having an issue with her throwing swords at the, at the target? Blindfolded. She said she's blindfolded, right? And that cat's like, bitch, what is you doing? That's how she's making her decisions, but how is that any better than flipping a coin? I know. The cat is is you doing? (laughs) Cat is clearly looking at her like crazy bitch. (laughs) Oh. So, the moon. Mystery, magic, and a hint of mayhem. Yeah. Go ahead. Howl at the moon. You know you want to. Oh, yeah. A large full moon falls the, fills the night sky, and the silhouette of a witch wearing a black hat and riding on a broom can be seen crossing in front of it. On the ground below, a black cat gazes into a pool of water at its reflection. A black panther gazes back, its mouth open, as its mouth open so you can see its fangs. A path leads off into the distance away from the pool. The moon is mysterious, <laughs> half wild, half tame. Much like our own spirits and the moon itself. The moon has long been the symbol of the goddess, feminine power personified. It also represents change, both depictable and not. Not depictable, both presentable. (laughs) No, shut up. (laughs) Both predictable and not, as its very shape seems to mutate in the sky above, moving from a tiny sliver in the into a full round orb and back again until it disappears from sight. The moon card may carry with it a suggestion that there are unforeseen forces at work, mysterious and impossible to foresee. It can also indicate someone who is torn between their two natures, tame or wild, practical or creative. Can you embrace them both or must you choose? Only the moon knows and she's not telling. Things to consider. The moon card often indicates a time or feeling of uncertainty. Have you been restless? 
torn between two paths, perhaps now is the time to choose which aspect of yourself will show its face to the world. If you are, <laughs> if you have been having nightmares, perhaps your subconscious is trying to send you a message. Make sure you are listening. The moon card may herald a time of flux and change, neither good nor bad. It simply warns you to look carefully at the reflection in the water. What hidden secrets will it reveal if you are daring enough to gaze directly at the moon's face? I've been having a lot of bad dreams. A lot of bad dreams. But if it's trying to point me in a direction, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to. Well, according to the first card, flip a coin. And if the one that lands on top is the one you didn't want, go at the bottom. <laughs> because I feel like the moon was a good card to have for um, today being um, New Year's Day. It's, you know, time to pick the path you're going to follow this year and all that junk. Yeah. I could see that. This is a year of big change for me. Yeah, I've decided I'm doing beauty school. Hey. Um, I put in applications and filled out FAFSA, and now I'm just waiting to hear back. Um, I put in for the Campbellsville University um, in, Somerset. in Somerset and also to the community college. It come out. I, I knocked it out. I didn't do it on purpose. The devil. Hi everyone, welcome to Not Your Normal Paranormal. We are three podcasts in a row now, right? Yeah. On schedule, on time, more or less. Ahead a little. <laughs> yeah, ahead a little. Awesome, <laughs> go on. <laughs> Way to leap into the new year. Uh, I'm Kat. I'm Kylie. I'm Robin. And I actually have notes this time. Yay, <laughs> and we're family. And happy new year to you all. Welcome to 2020. We are going into the new year with some new equipment and some positive attitudes. But the first episode you will have heard in the New Year's Roanoke. Okay. This will be okay. the second episode of the New Year's. Well, um, I mean, we recorded it last year, but it's the first one they're going to hear in 2020. Okay, but please notice our new equipment. Robin invested in us, um, <laughs> and we have new mics so that, hey, you know, actually get to hear us all this time. <laughs> it'll be new. It'll be different. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Abnormal. <laughs> <laughs> and I have decided that the title of this week's episode is Crazy, Crazy Bitches. <laughs> because we decided this time we don't want to do anything themed. We don't like, want to think too much like on holiday it. <laughs> well, it's not even really that either. It just fits. It <laughs> does fit. It does. It does fit. And one of the cards you pulled Speaking earlier. Of, I was, was working. It, the one? it was she pulled two for the episode, right? Yeah. So that'll be in here. I yeah. was working on my notes Pretty the other bitches. night. <laughs> and Abby was sitting beside me and I just put, you know, all the Rona here. But then I went back to here and I wrote out everybody's and she was like, well, why didn't you write it here? And I was like, well, this is mine, but this is going to be who everybody's is. And then I had to go through and describe how it was. <laughs> At the top of mine, I put episode 11, which I had to ask Kylie to be sure which episode number. And then I put Bloody Mary. And then I put Listen, Crazy Bitches. Every time I went to research your read on mine, um, I just keep seeing Baby Yoda because it just is so similar in spelling. <laughs> She's doing Baba Yaga, not Baby so Yoda. if it comes up that I say Baby Yoda, I apologize. 
<laughs> Plus, she got baby Yoda on his brain because he's cute. Okay. I'm gonna mix him. <laughs> and she's got a crochet pattern. Calm down. This is this is not your normal paranormal. <laughs> not crochet pattern. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm gonna start. Are we going around the table? Anyway, I am going to start, and of course, my topic is Bloody Mary. And I began it with Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. At some point in your life, if you haven't done it, you've heard of the ritual, mostly done by girls, I guess. Like in my day, we would have um, Halloween parties. All the adults would go, like stay in the house across the street where my aunt lived, and then all of us would be in the house, the one house alone, and girls and boys. It wasn't necessarily a sleepover, but, you know, we'd see who's brave enough to take a turn, go into the bathroom with the candle, with the light off. It can be any darkened room, but most usually it's the bathroom. And you go in with a candle and the light's out and you look in the mirror and you say Bloody Mary three times. Now, depending on what story you've heard, because apparently there are many, many, many variations of this. But um, yeah, depending on the story you heard, you either saw uh, a woman covered in blood looking back at you through the mirror. You saw a woman covered in blood standing behind you. You saw a woman reaching out with her arms wailing. Um, you saw blood dripping on the mirror. You saw blood dripping out of the tap. There's just a lot, um, a lot out there. And there were also some where you were scratched, you would come out with scratches. Um, do you know there's stories of people who died, all unverified, and or someone would disappear, like the night after they did the Bloody Mary ritual. They would disappear and never be seen again. So it could be any, any one of those things. Um, also, depending on where you heard it or where you did it, uh, you would say Bloody Mary three times is what I heard. 13 times I read in one article and um, a couple of them also say that they did uh, um, Bloody Mary I Stole Your Baby or Bloody Mary I Killed Your Baby. One I did hear was Bloody Mary I Have Your Baby. I've never heard any of those. Yeah, that's what somebody started. I mean, other than besides going into like a dark room and saying, you know, Bloody Mary three times. Well, I heard the one where she where you were supposed to say, Bloody Mary, I have your baby. And she would appear. She would appear behind you and she would have her arms up. If you didn't have, you know, the baby, there were going to be repercussions. Like some of your hair would turn white or scratches again. I haven't heard of anybody who actually disappeared. Like anybody that I know who disappeared or was murdered or anything like that. But the story's out there. <laughs> and I looked into the origins of the story because... Like I said, you've, you've heard it. At some point, if you haven't tried it, you've heard it. And they're actually, they listed three contenders. And on most of the sites that I went to, one of the contenders really isn't even a contender. And that was Mary, Queen of Scots. Because, like, she wasn't inherently bad or evil. She, just bad things seemed to happen around her. Yeah. Because <laughs> she didn't do it. <coughs> Excuse me. So the first contender, and I think the most favored, is Mary Tudor. 
she was the daughter of King Henry VIII. And um, now I can't remember her name. Catherine of Aragon. I think that's Henry VIII's first wife. And um, they were Roman Catholic. And it says, a lot of the stories say that she was just never loved. They never really had anything much to do with her because she was a daughter. And he wanted a son because daughters weren't fit to be heirs or weren't expected to be heirs. Anyway, at some point, I think when she was 10, Henry decided that um, Catherine wasn't going to give him a son. And he decided to have a roving eye. And I get, he was married many times, many times. But I think when he was 10, when, when she was 10, when Mary was 10, Henry married Anne Boleyn and changed his religion from Roman Catholicism to Protestant and made the country go Protestant with him. So Mary was upset by that because that made her religion in him changing the religion of the land, it made her a heretic. Anyway, it goes on about how she was unloved and um, he kept trying to have a son. He did have two other children, Elizabeth and Edward. They were her half siblings. Um, but when he died, somehow with a son, I'm not sure how, I guess it's because uh, the Roman Catholics did not, or did not recognize any of his marriages after Catherine of Aragon because that one was done in the church and when you're Catholic when you get married you're married unless you can get it annulled if it is married for life anyway she ascended to the throne in 1553 she was 42 no she was 37 years old she was 37 years old when she ascended to the throne and um, she married Philip I think he was from Spain. I'm not 100% sure because another article I read said she was married a couple of times, which I don't know if that's true. Um, things get interesting with her because when she ascended the throne, she wanted to bring Roman Catholicism back as the religion of the land. So she um, started having Protestants rounded up and executed. I think they were burned at the stake, a lot of them, over 600 were burned at the stake, and then some were just, uh, it just said executed, so I think they had their heads chopped off, honestly, because that was the thing back in the day with the guillotine, um, and she actually had the nickname from the people that she ruled of Bloody Mary, because she, she doubled down on that, we're not going to be Protestants anymore, you're going to be Roman Catholic, or you're going to die. Um, another interesting thing that happened with her and why I think she is the primary, even though apparently this is a North American thing. I did not know that. Bloody Mary? Bloody Mary is mostly a North American thing. They have a similar thing in um, Japan. It's Hakusan. I didn't go into depth on that because I might do it later. But they have a similar thing, but that's the only really similar thing that involves, you know, looking in the mirror. And I looked it up and I know what it is and I can't think of it. Cartoptromancy? Something like that is divination through a mirror. Yeah. It's probably not the right word, but I was close. Anyway, why I think it's Catherine is when she married Philip, she got pregnant or thought she was pregnant because there's no, there was no real way. There was no pregnancy test you could do back then. This was before they even killed the rabbit to find out. 
and doctors weren't really allowed to examine the royal goods. <laughs> so they kind of had to take her word for it. But she, you know, presented all of the symptoms. She was gaining weight. She was being sick in the morning. Her boobs got bigger. Apparently, she had always had menstrual problems, but she wasn't menstruating. Um, and, you know, the land rejoiced. Like, people were like, oh, you know, a royal baby, because, you know, people get over babies. And uh, back in this day, when you got close to your time, um, you had to go into what's called confinement, where you weren't supposed to leave the house. People weren't supposed to see you once you started showing. Like, she was out in public, and, and they saw a bump, but it was a small bump, Right. But behind scenes, they were saying she, she kept growing. She was still developing, like, and they, she could. She said she could feel a baby move. Um, but they, like I said, you reach a certain point, and even when you're the Queen of England, they go, mm, go inside. Nobody wants to see that, which thankfully isn't a thing this day and age. <laughs> but they waited and waited, and they thought the baby was due on May the 9th. And May the 9th came and went, and no baby. And the midwives thought, well, you know, maybe she got the date wrong. Maybe she's due in June. June came and went. No baby. And then people started thinking, mm, there's not going to be a baby. And like the doctors kept, because you don't tell the Queen of England she's not pregnant. <laughs> you, just, you just keep moving the date. <laughs> but they got into August and it was like, okay, we're just going to quietly start, you know, putting the stuff away for the nursery, for the delivery. For the stuff that we had and we're gonna we're gonna stop talking about it we're just gonna pretend it's not a thing and in august she went back out and she no baby but her abdomen started shrinking again and and she went back to normal and people were like she's nuts which nowadays there is a thing which they they diagnose i'm sure you've heard of it phantom there pregnancy. were two yeah phantom pregnancy um that or one of the things that they read back then said a molar pregnancy, like she was delivered of a mole. Now I've heard of a molar pregnancy. I don't think I've read enough about it to say that she was delivered of a mole. It's where something attaches to your uterine wall and it grows bigger, but it's not, it's not a baby. And it's not from a sperm or an egg. It's something else, but it causes similar symptoms. But I don't know if that's it because basically what they're saying is she wasn't delivered of anything. Like the doctors on record are saying she wasn't delivered of anything. It just went away. So after this, she doubled down again on the, we're going to be Roman Catholics. We're not going to be Protestants and started killing people because she thought, you know, this is going to, she thought God was angry at her because she wasn't getting Roman Catholicism back into the country as fast. And that's why she didn't have a baby. So she doubled down on this thinking, you know, this will get the country in line. And of course it's not going to get the country in line. The Protestants are like, what the hell, if you're going to kill us anyway, we're going down fighting. So they started protesting more. It says, um, at the age of 42, she thought she was pregnant again. Nobody believed her this time. Like nobody. Her husband, Philip had left when she came out of confinement and hadn't been back except to visit a couple of times. And he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> but um, nobody ever found out whether she was really pregnant or not because she died. She was 42 years old. She had ruled the country for five years, killed hundreds and hundreds of people, never produced an heir. And they think now she died of, it said, what I read said she died 
she suffered a variety of illnesses, but none were specified. But three other articles I read said they believe she died from uterine or cervical cancer, mm. which would make sense with pregnancy symptoms. Mm. Sad. It's very sad. A side note, um, Mary Queen of Scots interacts with this story in that when Mary died, her sister Elizabeth ascended the throne. And um, Elizabeth I of England and Mary Queen of Scots fought because Mary didn't believe Elizabeth should be the the monarch of England. No, they were related, Mary and Elizabeth. I know when I watch the show, okay. Rain, it talks about them being cousins. Oh, it has nothing to do with... Mary, Queen of Scots and Elizabeth? Yes. yes. They were cousins. Okay. Yes. Mary Tudor was half-sister to Queen Elizabeth I. Okay. Anyway, that's why people believe that she's a contender for where the story originated, which I find fascinating because if it's a North American thing, if it's an, like an American thing, why would we grip a hold of... Yeah. ...of Queen Mary? Bloody Mary. That was literally her nickname. She is the only person who during her lifetime <laughs> had that nickname, which is another reason why I think it's based on her. <clears throat> I'm just wondering if when people came to this country, because this all happened in the 1500s, right? She died in 1558. I'm just wondering if when people came over here, they used her as kind of a boogeyman for their children. 1558. I'm just trying to think about Carolina. It was 15, 16, 15, 17. 1550. It was 1555 when right. they first explored it. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> That's around this time. But you could use her. Yeah. Okay. One of the other contenders are Elizabeth Bathory, which when I hear the story of Bloody Mary, I immediately think of Elizabeth Bathory because she was known as the Blood Countess, not without reason. We've covered her before. In some aspects, we cover her. Uh, we talked about the possibility of her being a vampire. Okay, she yeah. was in a vampire series. Okay. Well, the one thing we know for fact, and I do fact with quotation because fact is written down by whoever sets pen to paper, but she was convicted of killing a lot, a lot, a lot of young girls and bathing in their blood. And that's why they think it could be her because she didn't, and you may have heard the story before if you do forgive me, but she tapped the village and then when the village ran out of young girls, she started sending away, saying, hey, you know, send them to me. I'm a countess. Send your young kids, your young girls to me, and I'll teach them, you know, etiquette and all the things. And she didn't teach them nothing except how to die because <laughs> she killed them. Mm -hmm. So a contender based on that, yes, but she's never been tied with Mary or, or anything like that. Now, the last one. Opposing Mary Queen of Scots, because again, I don't believe she should be a contender, <clears throat> excuse me, is Mary Worth. Now, I've heard Mary Worth tied to it. Um, one thing I didn't know until I finished the story is um, the story of Mary Worth happened around Salem. It's believed to have taken place around Salem during the witch trials. And it said, um, let's see, Mary was believed to be a witch simply because she lived in the forest in a small cottage by herself, away from everybody. Living the dream. And mm -hmm. she sold tinctures and 
herbal remedies to local villagers. So back then, if if you knew stuff about plants and stuff, you could make stuff up that actually helps somebody get bigger, better, not bigger. Sorry, <laughs> help them get better. Um, they would come to you and give you their money and be like, yes, help me. But at the same time, they're very leery of you and they're worried if you can kill people, you can also hurt people. Therefore, you're a witch. So, um, she was avoided by, by most of the village, like during the day, outside. You know how people are. You know, I don't want to see you during the day, but I'm going to come by your cottage at night and give you money, give me my herbal remedy. Or meet me outside the village. And anybody who was known to use her remedies were apparently avoided by the very religious, very religious people in the village because you were considered to be dealing with Wicca, which was bad. So not long into the story, it says soon, and I put in relation to what is not stated, because it literally just goes, soon small girls started to disappear. And I went, what do you mean soon? Two weeks? Like Mary moved to town and two weeks later? Mary moved to town and a month later? No, there's nothing. Soon, soon, small girls started to disappear from the village. And people were frantic, obviously, worrying, sick, looking for them everywhere. And then they approached Mary's cottage in the woods and asked her about it. And she said, absolutely, she didn't know anything about it. She didn't know they had disappeared. You know, she didn't have a clue, but they didn't believe her. They didn't trust her. And then one night, the miller's daughter was captivated by sound. This is literally what it says. She was captivated by a sound that only she could hear. And her mother was in bed um, with a severe toothache that she was treating. You guessed it, with a herbal remedy from Mary Worm. And she didn't think she could get out of bed fast enough because her daughter wasn't responding to her. So she called her husband, the miller, called out to him, obviously, because they did not have phones back then, and said, hey, come and help. She's, I can't get her attention. You know, I can't, I don't know what's going on. So they're following her. She's walking kind of in a catatonic state, hypnotic state. I guess we would do hip, hypnotic since catatonic is not moving. So a hypnotic state, she's like in a trance. She's walking out of the house and, and through the village and making her way to the woods. And they're screaming at her naturally. Hey, stop, come back, whatever. I'm wondering though, and it's just because it's me, people. You've been in it this long, you know it's me. Why ain't nobody catching her? It doesn't say she's running. And even if she can run, somebody in the village can catch her. Yeah. Send the dogs after her. <laughs> the dogs can take her down. No, I'm going to stop right here. Because... Does this just ring in like a hocus pocus start to you? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of does. Because I mean, that's how it picks. That's how hocus pocus picks up. Right. Well, they followed her into the woods, and um, they, it says as they got closer to the woods, they saw Mary standing under a tree. A, I'm sorry, a huge oak tree with a wand. And I want to know how they knew what wands were. I mean, obviously she's pointing a stick of some kind. Just saying. How do they know it was a wand? How do they know what wands were? Anyway, she's pointing the stick and she is illuminated with this otherworldly light. And the miller's daughter's walking to her, but when she sees them, like they holler out, and when she sees them, she breaks off, Mary, and she takes off running. Right? I'm going to stop here because I'm wondering if she has otherworldly powers, why is she running? 
Yeah. Take them down. I mean, take them down. Just a minute. Anyway, so they chased her, of course, through the woods. And the farmer, because they picked up more villagers on the way. Obviously, if you're going through calling for your daughter and she's not answering, other people in the village are going to hear the call and come and try to help you. So the farmer had loaded his gun. They, they were carrying pitchforks and guns. That's important. I don't know what the pitchforks are supposed to do when you have a gun, but, you know, whatever. He had loaded his gun with silver bullets on the, you know, just on the chance that she tried to take his daughter. So he shot Mary in the hip, or he shot and it hit her in the hip. Anyway, so she fell and was caught. And they dragged her up and tied her to a post and lit a bonfire under her before, you know, she could do any other evil. As she was burning, um, she cast a curse upon the villagers and told them if they ever dared use, I'm sorry, if they er, da, ever dared utter her name in a mirror, she would be back for them. Her spirit would return to whatever they summoned her, to wherever they had summoned her and exact her revenge. And that's the last it says of her. And it says on uh, once the villagers returned back to the village, I don't know where they carried her off to burn her, but once they returned back to the village, they went to Mary's house and did a proper search and they found what they were looking for. There were rows and rows of unmarked graves. She had been using the blood of their daughters to make herself look youthful. And that's something I forgot to mention, which was sort of important. Because when they went to talk to her originally, and they she was saying, oh, I don't know where your daughters are. They had noticed that she looked different. She looked younger. She looked, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess younger is the only one that worked. Younger, radiant. Yeah, she looked younger and radiant, and that's why they thought. But I understand the story, and I understand what they're saying, but also... I mean, even if she killed the girl, no proof that she used the blood to make herself younger. So it's just one of those things. We hear a lot about um, people way back when using blood to look youthful. And I'm just curious, did they actually look youthful? Because I know celebrities now have the blood face mask thing they do where they cleanse the face with the blood that comes from the face. See, I'm thinking if if blood would work like that, it's only going to work for a brief period of time. Like, you can put it on and you're going to look good for like 20 minutes if you're lucky. And then what? It's not it's not like the blood does anything to your skin. Any liquid you put on your skin pretty much is going to be absorbed into your skin and it's not going to keep you looking youthful. It's not going to make your wrinkles go away. It's not going to make your age spots go away. I just don't understand it. But they had to get it from somewhere. Somewhere that started. And they're like, oh. So whether you believe in Mary Worth, whether you believe it was Mary Queen of England, now you know the story of who you'll be facing in the mirror if you go in tonight with your candle and say Bloody Mary three times. Not that I'm like, I don't believe that or I'm superstitious or anything, but I don't like to go to the bathroom at night without a light. <laughs> you look like I have a bathroom here in Annapin on the mirror. I flash, I'm a phone. I have to flash it on as I walk through the house. And the minute I step in the bathroom, the light goes on. 
Well, I don't know. There's fans of yours. You're back there and you've got a full body length wall size mirror in the toilet. So I don't like mirrors. I have no problem with mirrors. I've never had a problem with them. It's not that I don't like my reflection. I don't think I'm gorgeous. I don't spend time looking at myself like I'm gorgeous. Kylie. I'm okay. But I just don't like mirrors. The thing reflected back doesn't look real to me. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the person, whether it's whatever's behind me, it doesn't look real. It doesn't look right. And I'm like, mm, I'm not about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not well, about mirrors. Mirrors are supposed to be portals. Yeah. Other dimensions? Mm-hmm. Well, now that we're talking about Especially it, I'm just going to say, I think position just we're at a time in the yeah. world where we're crossing dimensions anyway. Like there's a superstition that your mirrors and doors aren't supposed to face each other and your doors and your windows aren't supposed to face each other because it can create a, a portal. Well, there's a <laughs> lot of people who messed up with that open concept, didn't it? Yeah. Because that's going on everywhere. Okay, and we will lead into Robin. So we pick up with me, La La Rona. What was that face for? I was getting ready to hit play on my phone because Lauren just in the text message to me like, and we are back. And I went, oh. <laughs> I, hope, I hope they didn't play. So, The Legends of La La Rona, which um, La La Rona is Spanish for the weeping woman, has been a part of Hispanic culture in the Southwest since the days of the conquistadors. The tall, thin spirit is said to be to be blessed with natural beauty and long, flowing black hair. Wearing a white gown, she roams the rivers and creeks, wailing into the night. And searching for children to drag, screaming, to a watery grave. Oh. Why are they always after children? No one really knows when the legend of La Llorona began or from where it originated. Though the tales vary from source <laughs> to source, the one common thread is that she is the spirit of a doomed mother who drowned her children and now spends eternity searching for them in rivers and creeks. Searching for more children to drown because rivers are gone. Searching for her children. Yeah, but you said she's waiting for children to come so she didn't drown them. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> so La Llorona, christened Maria, was born, and I have to say this because I put it in parentheses so I didn't lose it. I said, was born to a present, question mark, ha <laughs> <laughs> So Maria was born to a peasant family in a humble village. Her startling beauty captured the attention of both the rich and the poor men of the area. She was said to have spent her days in her peasant, humble surroundings, but in the evenings she would don her best white gown and thrill the men who admired her in the local fandangos. (laughs) So the young men anxiously waited for her arrival, and she reveled in the attention that she received. However, La Llorona had two small sons who made it difficult for her to spend her evenings out. And often, she left them alone while she cavorted with the gentlemen during the evenings. One day, the two small boys were found drowned in the river. Some say they drowned through her neglect, but others say that they may have died by her own hand. She had two small sons that she left with somebody while she went. Not that she left alone. She left the room while she went and done her things, and then we were found drowned. 
Yeah. So La Llorona had two small sons who had made it difficult okay. for her to spend her evenings out, and often she left them alone while she cavorted with the gentlemen during the, during the evenings. One day, the two small boys were found drowned in the river. Some say they drowned through her neglect, but others say that they may have died by her own hand. I'm going to say Susan Smith. Either way, it's her fault. Yeah, either way, it's her fault. Yeah. Exactly. Another legend says La Llorona was a caring woman full of life and love who married a wealthy man who lavished her with gifts and attention. However, after she bore him two sons, he began to change, returning to a life of womanizing and alcohol, often leaving her months at a time. He seemingly no longer cared for the beautiful Maria, even talking about leaving her to marry a woman of his own wealthy class. When he did return home, it was only to visit his children, and the devastated Maria began to feel resentment toward the boys. One evening, as Maria was strolling with her two children on a shady pathway near the river, her husband came by in a carriage with an elegant lady beside him. He stopped and spoke to his children, but ignored Maria, and then drove the carriage down the road without looking back. After seeing this, Maria went into a terrible rage, and turning against her children, she seized them up and threw them into the river. As they disappeared down the stream, she realized what she had done and ran down the bank to save them, but it was too late. Maria broke down into inconsolable grief, running down the streets, screaming and wailing. No, no. You don't get to pick them up and throw them in the stream and then run and scream and cry. No. Then she realized what she had did. Oh my God, my hands picked up my children and threw them in the creek. Right? What did my hands do? So the beautiful La Llorona mourned them day and night. During this time, she would not eat and walked along the river in her white gown, searching for her boys, hoping they would come back to her. She cried endlessly as she continued to refuse to eat. She grew thinner and appeared taller until she looked like a walking skeleton. Still, a young woman, she finally died on the banks of the river. Not long after her death, <laughs> not long after her death, her restless spirit began to appear, walking the banks of the Santa Fe River when darkness fell. Her weeping and wailing became a curse of the night, and people began to be afraid to go out after dark. She was said to have been seen drifting between the trees along the shoreline or floating on the current with her long white gown spread out upon the waters. On many a dark night, people would see her walking along the riverbank and crying for her children. And so they no longer spoke of her as Maria, but rather La Llorona, the weeping woman. Children are warned not to go out in the dark, for La Llorona might snatch them, throwing them, into their, throwing them to their deaths in the flowing waters. Though the legends vary, the apparition is said to act without hesitation or mercy. The tales of her cruelty depends on the version of the legend you hear. Some say that she kills indiscriminately, taking men, women, and children, whoever is foolish enough to get close enough to her. Others say that she is very barbaric and only kills children, dragging them to a watery grave. Felt guilty for doing, but you know, I'm gonna smash all these others that come along. Too. So I'm gonna skip this part. She's quick and brutal. She's gonna hesitate. She's gonna grab you if your kid comes running. She's gonna grab it and throw it in the stream. I'm gonna skip this part because I actually found a more in-depth look at it here. Okay. Well, honey, you do you. I don't. We don't know what you wrote. In she part. has been seen along many rivers across the entire Southwest, 
and the legend has become part of Hispanic culture everywhere. Part of the legend is that those who do not treat their families well will see her and she will teach them a lesson. In Santa Fe, New Mexico, the tall wailing spirit has been seen repeatedly in the public employee public employees retirement association building. Which is built on land that was once an old Spanish Indian graveyard and is near the Santa Fe River. Many people have been employed that many people who have been employed there tell of hearing cries resounding resounding through the halls and feeling unseen hands pushing them while on the stairway. Okay, well, first of all, that could be a number of anybody. Well, and second, <laughs> was she seen her before the building was built? I mean, why would they do that? Why would they disturb a grave like that? No, no, they do. Money. Money talks. Now, what's the, what's the thing? All you got to do is say the word, and the word's money. La Llorona has been heard at night wailing next to rivers by many, and her wanderings have grown wider, following Hispanic people wherever they go. The movements have been traced through the southwest and as far north as Montana on the banks of the Yellowstone River. Oh. So, I mean, she seems to have a vast reach. Yeah, but she's, so, only, she's she, only after Hispanic people. Well, yeah, she was Hispanic. I'm just saying. I mean, I have a suggestion if she'd like some. Wow. <laughs> if you say her name, she doesn't care what culture you're from. She doesn't get you. So Patricio Lujan was a young boy in New Mexico in the 1930s when a, on, when a normal day with his family in Santa Fe was interrupted by the sight of a strange woman near their property. The family watched in curious silence as the tall, thin woman dressed in all white crossed the road near their house. Without a word, and headed for a nearby creek. It wasn't until she got to the water that the family realized something was really wrong. As Lujan tells it, she just seemed to go, seemed to glide as if having no legs before disappearing, after reappearing at a distance far too quickly for any normal woman to have traversed. She disappeared again for good without leaving a single footprint behind. Lujan was disturbed but knew exactly who the woman had been, La Llorona. Mentions of La Llorona can be traced back over four centuries, although the origins of the tale have been lost over time. She has been connected to the Aztecs as one of ten omens predicting the conquest of Mexico, or as a fearsome goddess. One of such one such goddess is known as the Snake Woman. I'm not going to try to say it in Spanish because that would just be a shit show. <laughs> who wears white, walks about the night, and constantly cries. Another goddess is that of the jade-skirted one who oversaw the waters and was greatly feared because she allegedly would drown people in order to honor her. The, the Aztecs sacrificed children. So, the people would drown and drown some children. And that's all I have. Oh, you're fine. I didn't, I didn't want to compare it to the other story that I had because it, it gives it just a little different. That is a very long one. I would have to take some time. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Okay. We could do it. It was a <laughs> So, um, this is pretty much the same one. Um, 
When Patricio Lejeune was a boy, he and his family saw her on a creek between Mora and Guadalupita, New Mexico. After the family was sitting, as the (laughs) I have an explicit content warning on this. As the family was sitting outside talking, they saw a tall, thin woman walking along the creek. She then seemed to float over the water, started up the hill, and vanished. However, just moments later, she reappeared much closer to them and then disappeared again. The family looked for footprints and, finding none, had no doubt that the woman had, they had seen was La Llorona. So, how come she didn't see up at the wall? I don't know. I mean, she came closer. But I went with the second one that I, the first one that I read. It, yeah, it gave a little more. But this one says it, in this story, the one that I just read, she got closer, but in the first story I read, it said she got further away. But either way, there were no footprints, and there was no way any normal woman could have traversed that far. So, I mean, and that's all I have. I would have liked to have gone more in depth. I would like to say that I had had a chance to watch the movie. Oh, La Llorona just recently came out over within the, the last, yeah, like over the summer. I think we had it at the drive-in once. Yes. I didn't watch it. I wanted a bunch to, of movies on Bloody Mary. I wanted to watch it, but I didn't. And I was going to watch it over the last couple days, but with kids coming in and out of my room all the time, I just never got a chance to actually watch it. I wonder why they always put them in white. The lady in white. Like um, women don't like colors. I don't know if you watch Supernatural. Um, they have a lot of their female entities have dark, long, dark hair, and they're wearing white, white. gowns. Yes, I love Supernatural. But the one constant, <laughs> the one constant about the Llorona is that her name was Maria, and she had two sons, and she drowned them. Yeah, what? Crazy bitch. Poor Mary, Queen of England, only wanted children, and here Llorona had two and just killed them off. And now I'll pass the mic off to Kylie. Listen. Figuratively. Figuratively speaking. Because <laughs> Kylie's wearing her own headset. Woo! Um, I did Baba Yaga. Um, okay, let me just, I'm going to start this off so I don't interrupt her while she's talking. Every time she says it, I think of um, Anastasia. You remember Baba Yaga on Anastasia? Because oh, yeah. she was with, what was his name? Oh, I'm going to have to look it up now. We're going to have to edit it up. I, did, I, had to, I tried to describe it to Abby the other day. And I was like, okay, do you remember on that one episode of Scooby-Doo, the Halloween one, where Fred doesn't want to go out because <laughs> something he'd seen? And I was like, you know, it was the house that had legs like chicken feet. And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. There are several forms <laughs> of this story. I will start with the most common and end with the scariest version of it. You can go with it. No, I was just going to say I remember Bartok. Listen, I liked, he was the best part of Anastasia. Go. Okay. He was. In Slavic myths, Baba Yaga is a wild woman or dark lady of magic, and in Russian folklore, there are many stories about her. Define wild. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, Loke. Okay, um, I'm not going to read all of this. Um, many of these stories come from the people who lived in the forests of northern Russia and Finland. Um, they had stone statues named Yaga, 
Russian soldiers who came to the area called them Golden Babas. Um, the statues had their own little huts often, and they were built of tree stumps, and um, they were filled with gifts because um, they looked at her as a local goddess, and they asked her for advice. So, you know, you ask and receive something, you have to give something. So she had a lot of gifts. Um, and she also had the power to decide what happened to people. Um, well, I'd be giving her gifts, too. She had the power to decide what happened to me. In many ancient societies, older women were seen as the keepers of wisdom and tradition for the family or tribe. No longer having to care for children, they become the mother to the rest of the community. It was believed that these wise women understood the mysteries of birth and death. They were healers and looked after the dying. Sometimes they were thought to have by power the power of life and death itself. In the 12th century, people began to believe in the use of magic and power um, for evil. So they begin to fear and hate these wise women and their tonics, potions, and advice. Wow. Okay, so they had it right. They had it right for a minute. And then they're like, mm, she has all this knowledge. She's got to be evil. You don't want any part of it. Many and were, then they messed it up. Many were put to death. And oh. the picture of the wise woman or witch changed to becoming the frightening, ugly, evil old hag, casting wicked spells, as in the stories we often hear today. That's true. We do. We hear a lot of Maleficent. And do we know any Ursula? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of Disney's villains because those are the ones we know the most. The Evil Queen? The Evil Queen? The Queen of Hearts? That, well, oh, also Disney. I was going to say not Disney, but yes, everything's Disney. <laughs> Although, let's be honest, Ursula was pretty, she was hot. She was hefty, but she was hot. Tentacles. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> just, just as a side note, I'm not. Baba Yaga is one of the most famous and confusing witches in Slavic folklore and children's fairy tales. If you run into her, you can't be sure if she'll eat you or speak tenderly to you and grant your wishes. And when you see her run, don't run into her. Just <laughs> be, one or the other. be like, I'm not taking my chance. 50-50 flip so, a coin, run. <laughs> The legend of Baba Yaga probably arose when the religions of Europe contained a pantheon of gods and creatures, both of which controlled the forces of nature and the destiny of man. In mythology, we're going to No one into. knows for sure when or where her story originated. However, it appears that she has been a part of tradition in the northeastern Europe and Russia for a millennia. The first written reference to her was in 1755 in Mikhail W. Lamasova's Russian grammar. Baba has been translated as old woman, hag, or grandmother, depending on which Slavic language is being referenced. Yaga has no definitive scholarly consciousness. So, so Yaga is just something that's thrown on at the end, but it doesn't have um, like a, a definition. Well, no, because all the Slavic languages translate pretty much to the same three things. The others... Um, so Yaga translates um, in Serbian. I had this so right earlier. Serbian. Serbian. As horror and shudder, and also in Croatian, they mean the same thing. In Slovenian, it means anger. Old Czech is witch. Um, modern Czech is wicked wood nymph. Um, Polish is means witch in fury, and in Sanskrit, it means serpent or snake. Wow. 
So I could do well, the all the others woodman. relate together. <laughs> the others relate together. Old hag. Yeah, old yeah, woman, it could be grandmother. Like, but whatever the rest the of them is just pick. The Russian witch is described as a deformed, scraggly old woman with bony legs and a very long freaking nose, piercing cold eyes and iron teeth. Now I'm wondering. <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm wondering if like some Jello bitch from the village was like Baba Yaga was all hot and stuff, and she was like, "I'm writing this story down, and she's gonna be what I make her." I mean, every single body part, including her eyes, ears, feet, hands, and mouth, are grotesque and deformed. Yep, that's what happened. With a demeanor that is powerful and highly temptatious, she instills fear and guarded respect in everyone that encounters her. Okay, every part of her is hideous, but she'll tempt you, buddy. <laughs> Baba Yaga lives deep in the dark forest. She owns a hut that is more like an animal than a house, for oh. it rests on skinny chicken legs that move around in the forest to evade anyone looking for the witch. How's a moving castle? Baba Yaga's moving cut. <laughs> the lively windows serve as spying eyes that watch over her forest domain, while the fence posts around the hut are built out of old human bones. Human skulls sit atop of each post. Okay, I was liking it until we got to the bone fence. I'm not, I'm not digging the bone. <laughs> when her house moves, it spins while emitting a screeching noise until it comes to settle down with groans and creaks. <laughs> How does she sleep every time it moves? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps shy or aloof, the witch's hut will turn its back towards all visitors. Various versions of Baba Yaga, um, of the Baba Yaga witch story state that she is either a single witch or she's a trio of sisters who all share the same name and looks. What? 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 <laughs> Three sisters who share the same, who look exactly the same and are all named the same. Basically. So mom told dad we only had one kid and I'm just going to interchange them like on a sitcom. This kid got tired. I need the happy kid. Most tales say that she rides around the forest in a giant mortar that she uses with a pestle to grind up the bones of the people she eats. <laughs> when flying, she holds the pestle in her right hand and a broom in her left. The pestle works like a rudder that steers her, and the broom wipes away her trail so nobody, so nobody can find her. I think it's funny when Kylie heard that she shook her butt in the seat, wipes it away. <laughs> um... In other versions, she flies on a traditional witch's broom and can remove her hands from her body so that they can do her bidding. Ah! Ah! Get <laughs> hands? She has the no. power to help or hurt anyone who crosses her path. Those who seek her wisdom, truth, and knowledge must first complete several tasks. If the tasks are completed, she will give her help. If they are not fulfilled, she will... If they are not fulfilled and the seeker has not found a way to escape, she will turn them into a nice hot meal. I was going to say like the Sphinx. But not like this face because the things don't eat people. Okay. So I have a story and I'm gonna like not give the whole thing but skim it and give you the gist of it because it's it's kinda long. Um, but it's good. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Okay. Lead in with that. So this is Folk Tales from the Russian by Vera, and I'm not even gonna admit gonna try to do the rest um this story was written down in 1903 it's titled baba yaga catchy somewhere i cannot tell you exactly where but certainly in vast russia there lived a peasant and his wife and they had twins a son and a daughter so the wife died the husband mourned for many years and then decided <laughs> if i marry again it's not going to turn out bad right well, that's, you know 50 50 so he did and had ch children by his second wife. The step and 
like I just like to go on and say that somewhere in here they turn into orphans and it doesn't state when, how, where, how. It just goes from the twins to the orphans. Oh, wait, but, <laughs> but there's more children now. Yeah, but he had more children. Apparently he's dead, so they don't really have parents. They have an evil stepmother. Okay, but they're... Okay, know. so she's the mother of some, but the stepmother of the twins. Gotcha, yes. I'm there, I'm there. Okay. The stepmother was envious of the twins and began to use them... Hardly. She scolded them without any reason, sent them away from home as often as she wished, and gave them scarcely enough to eat. Finally, she wanted to get rid of them altogether. So, what she did was she was like, hey kids. And it says, dear children, she said to the orphans, go to my grandmother who lives in the forest in a hut on the hen's feet. You will do everything she wants she wants you to, and she will give you sweet things to eat, and you will be happy. The orphan started out, but instead of going to the witch, the sister was like, mm, this sounds fishy. Let's go to our actual grandmother's house and tell her what's going on. Smart. So they did, and their grandmother said, oh, my poor darlings, and they call her the good old grandmother. Pitying the children, my heart aches for you, but it's not my power to help you. Well, you have to go... You have to go not to a loving grandmother, but to a wicked witch. Now listen to me, my darling, she continued. I will give you a hint. Be kind and good to everyone. Do not speak ill words to anyone. Do not despise helping the weakest and always hope that for you too there will there will be the needed help. So basically she's like, um, this ain't my problem. She's I'm... kicking her grandkids out. She's like, mm. okay, get out, <laughs> but be nice. The good old grandmother gave the children some she delicious fresh. Grandmother. They need to stop calling her that. They gave gave the children delicious fresh milk to drink and to each a big slice of ham. She I also like gave fat them for some the evil cookies. grandmother. They're in it together. She fattened them up. She also gave them some cookies. See, Family there cookies. were cookies everywhere. And when the children departed, she stood looking after them for a long, long time. The obedient children arrived at the forest, and oh wonder, there stood a hut. And what a curious one. It stood on tiny hen's feet, and at the top was a rooster's head. With their shrill, childish voices, they called aloud, aloud, Izbuska, Izbuska, turn thy back to thy forest and thy friend to us. The hut did as commanded, and the two orphans looked inside and saw the witch resting there. Her head near the threshold, one foot in one corner, one foot in the other corner. Her knees were quite house. close of the rigid pole. Um, and she exclaimed, Foo, foo, foo. I feel the Russian spirit. The children were afraid and stood close, very close together. But in spite of their fear, they said very politely, Ho, grandmother, our stepmother sent us to thee to serve thee. And she was like, okay, I'm not opposed to keeping you, but um, you're going to have to satisfy my wishes. And I'll reward you. If not, I'll eat you. I don't like the, I don't, I don't like the way that was said. Don't oh, like it. Pencil and gravel. Right. Sounds well, like Hansel and Gretel, but also, you, you, we'll you, have to, you have to make me happy. You have to do whatever I say. <laughs> so, no, you might be a pervert. No. <laughs> Without delay, she ordered the girl to spin thread and the boy to carry water to fill up a big tub. Wow, sexist. Um, so, she was the girl was crying, and all around her appeared, appeared small mice squeaking and saying, Sweet girl, do not cry. Give us cookies and we will help thee. So the grandmother sent them with snacks. But the mice, the mice come and take their cookies. Yeah. So the little girl willingly did so. Yeah, those are lying mice. They live in the evil house. The mice lie. Now the grateful mice squeaked. Go and find the black cat. He's very hungry. Give him a slice of ham and he will help thee. 
So the girl got up and she went in search of the cat. Instead of finding the cat, she saw her brother. He was in distress about the tub because he's filled it up a bunch of times and it, it drains out so fast. It's a magic tip. Like those so, candles you blow. little birds passed by and chirped to the children, kind-hearted little children, give us some crumbs and we will advise you. So the orphans gave the birds some crumbs and the birds chirped again, some clay and water, children dear, and then they flew away. The children understood the hint and spat. Yes, because clay and water will seal the tub. They spat in the tub and plastered it up with clay and filled it up very short Filled it up in a very short amount of time. Then they both returned to the hunt. Nice to the hut Why not water? On the hunt for the cat. They gave the cat some ham and said, Dear kitty cat, black and pretty, tell us what to do in order to get away from thy mistress, the witch. So, already by calling her a witch, they kind of yeah, threw some form. disrespect that Grandma said, um, don't do that. She said be nice to everybody. She didn't say don't call her a witch. She called her an old witch. Well, yeah, but she's not the one that's getting caught yeah. in this trap. She's the, she's I'm like, saying, though, she didn't I set a very good example for the children. Um, so the grandma. cat answered that he would give them a towel and a comb, and when they run away, um, and they hear the, rich, the witch running after them, to drop the towel behind their back, and it'll appear as a large river. And then you'll throw it on the comb. Well, if you still hear her after you do that, you throw it on the comb, and there will appear a dark woods, and it'll protect you from the witch. Um, so... They gave the cat the ham, and the cat gave him a towel and a comb, and Baba Yaga came home just then, and she was like, it, is it not wonderful? Everything is exactly right. Well, she said to the children, today you were brave and smart. Let's see about tomorrow. Your work will be more difficult, and I hope that I shall eat you up. So I hope that I shall eat you up? I wonder if that would be nice to her. The, the orphans went to bed, and not to a warm bed prepared by loving hands, but... Just this up on cold straw in a corner. Um, nearly scared to death from fear, they lay there, afraid to talk, afraid to breathe. The next morning, she ordered them to lie. She ordered all the linen to be woven and a large supply of firewood to be brought in from the forest. The children took the towel and the comb and ran away as fast as their feet could possibly carry them. But dogs were after them, so they threw the cookies that were left. The gates did not open themselves, but the children smoothed them with oil and a birch tree near the path. Almost scratched their eyes out, but the gentle girl fastened a pretty ribbon to it. So they went farther and farther and ran out of the dark forest into the wide sunny fields. The cat sat down by the loom and tore the thread to pieces, doing it with delight. Baba Yaga returned. Where are the children? She shouted and began to beat the cat. Oh. <laughs> Why hast thou let like them her. go, thou treacherous cat? Why hast thou not scratched their faces? And the cat was like, well, it was because I have served thee so many years. And you've never given me a bite while the children gave me some ham. <laughs> you don't feed me. The kids do. The kids win. But if, no, you don't beat your kids. What? The witch scolded the dogs, the gates, and the birch tree near the path. Well, barked the dogs. Thou certainly art our, 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 our mistress, but thou hast never done us a favor, and the orphans were kind to us. The gates replied, we were always ready to obey thee, but thou neglects us, and the dear children smoothed us with oil. Um, the birch tree whispered, thou hast never put a simple thread over my branches and a little darlings adorned them with a pretty ribbon. So Baba Yaga understood that there was no help, started to follow the children herself. In her hurry, she forgot to look at the, she forgot to look for the towel and the comb, but jumped astride her broom and was off. The children heard her coming. They threw the towel behind them and once the, once a river white and blue appeared and the water filled, Baba Yaga 
hopped along the shore until she finally found a shallow place and crossed it. So she was on the broom, but she's going to hop across the river instead of fly across it like a normal she person. She can't cross moving water. <laughs> no. <laughs> can't just fly over it. <clears throat> so the children, it's a magic town. The children heard her again and through the comb. This time a forest appeared, a dark and dusky forest. Um, the roots were in a rope woven, the branches were matted together, and the treetops were touching. The witch tried very hard to pass through it, but in vain, and so very, very angry she returned home. The orphans rushed to their father and told him all about their great distress, and thus concluded their pitiful story. So they're not orphans, but I don't understand why. I was going to say, they're exactly. not orphans. At the beginning, it's like the twins, and then it went to orphans, and then they go back to their dad, it's like the orphans. Well, they're not orphans if they've got a father. I was getting ready to say, you said they went back to the dads, and I went, wait? Yeah. Oh, father dear, why dost thou love us less than our brothers and sisters? The father was touched and became angry. He sent the wicked stepmother away and lived a new life with his good children. What happened to the other children? Were all the, the children good? From the time he watched over their happiness and never neglected them anymore. So he neglected them. That's why they were orphans. He neglected Yeah. Well, he left them with her so she could do that. That story is fucked up on so many levels. So um, there are things that say that this could also be the orange story of Hansel and Gretel Cinderella. and Cinderella. Sleeping Beauty. Um, she was supposed to be spinning. Oh, that, oh yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, I thought that was yeah. so Nope. That's also but, Rapunzel, right? Spun something in hand gold. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin? Rumpelstiltskin. Isn't that what I said? what I say? Rapunzel. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, people. <laughs> okay, so... I just so got mine corrupt by that. The other version. Like, you go to your good grandma. You're like, oh no, we're not going there. We're going to our good grandma because she'll save us. And she's like, no, here, let me give you some stuff to fatten you up. Oh, and to feed the cat and the the mice and the birds and, and the dogs. dogs. <laughs> but also they wouldn't have had to do that if she hadn't sent them. Right. Um, the other version of the story is that Baba Yaga was once young and beautiful and you know, she grew up knowing she was a witch and had these abilities. Well, she was cursed and became this hag-like creature. And so she was banned from this realm and had you have to invoke her. Um, so her hut is in its own realm and she travels by mirror. Um, there's this Ooh. Russian symbol. That, yeah, that's why. More mirrors. That's, that's why when I was like, I want to do this. And I was like, oh, Bloody Mary. Mirrors, mirrors, it works. And I'm like, well, Lalarona's not mirrors, but she's scary. Hey, water. Water's <laughs> reflected. True. I mean, unless it's washing. Um, but to invoke her, you had to do this Russian symbol, and it had to be carved into your skin. Yeah. And no. you had to say a chant and um, give her your wish. So then you, you'd be transported to her hut, and you had to do her bidding, and... Um, if you did what you were told and there was no fact she let you go. If not, then she'd eat you eventually. Yeah, I don't want anything that bad. Um, I don't want nothing so bad that said, I to do somebody's bidding. It said that she did it because it was the only way she could stay youthful and if she went for a long period of time without consuming young girls, because it was mostly young girls that did this. Again. <laughs> um, that it kept her young and youthful and all that stuff. So, um, I did not understand that because this is the version I found out. Makes me afraid children everywhere. All these other stories that I I found out, I just found those out today. The rest of this, I've known for a while, 
because after I watched TV and stuff, I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. I'm gonna look it up. I don't understand why everybody's eating children or bathing them in blood. Um, I don't like to do that. But make sure cannibal. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, she she traveled by mirror. She had this one specific mirror that if it was smashed, she was trapped in her realm. That's dumb. So there was this one special mirror that she kept hidden. She could travel through any mirror, but if that mirror was smashed, she couldn't do nothing. But she, you you have to invoke her. Um, by, you know, chanting in a mirror after Why drawing didn't she take a, a mirror with her? What? Why didn't she take her mirror with her? Why would she hide it? Did she take it to her other side? Well, if she's got it on her and she fights somebody, it could accidentally get broke. It's a mirror. It's fragile. I would hide it on the side where nobody is. But, um, that's the most common one I've, I've known about that one for a while versus this. Plus, let's be honest, it doesn't sound like she's fighting that much. She's ordering people around. And, and, <laughs> yeah, but in this, um, it was mostly young girls who were wishing stuff. And in order to get your wish granted, you had to do as she said. And if you didn't complete your tasks by the time you had to do your tasks, she'd eat you. Young girls are so gullible. But um, in Lost Girl, they did that. And... Kinsey was just doing it as a joke at first, and then she realized that she actually invoked something because um, Bobby Yaga was after Dyson, because Dyson and Bo got into a whatever, and when she came to collect Kinsey and took her to her hut, um, she had like several girls in there that were doing the cooking and the cleaning, and she had this pet animal-like man, man-like animal. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while since I watched it. I'm just gonna but, let it go. I don't. I, I have no reference, but the visuals I'm getting are not. But Kinsey smashed the mirror before she got out, and there was no way for her to get out, so she stuck there. But Bo ripped apart the realm somehow and got her. Because TV. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because after I watched that, I was like, Bobby, I guess that's interesting and scary. Let's let's do some digging. <laughs> Let's um, rip open some realms and see and what's then out there. Most of the stuff I found with that, I found, you know, she travels by mirror and young girls make wishes and all of that. But this is closely related to that. It's just weirder. She was like, mm, little kids are going to do my bidding and then I'm going to cook them in. Yeah, because they're good, good grandmothers. <laughs> we'll send them to me. And then she beats up cats. Did the dogs get beat? No. Just the cats. So she's a child eater, animal abuser, all around bad guy. Which none of ours were much better. One that drowns children. That doesn't eat them. And I thought you were talking about our grandmothers for a minute. And I was <laughs> like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> I was talking about your grandmothers. <laughs> okay, let me have been doing this too long. Kylie's <laughs> gone too long ago. Yeah. Anyway, we hope our stories, like learning about the crazy bitches. Some of them, anyway. Some of them bathe in blood. Some of them drown their children, and some of them just eat children. Some, some of them kill a bunch of Protestants. So, some of them live in a house with legs, (laughs) chicken legs. How is that going to support this structure? (laughs) So, the moral of the story is. Don't go into a dark room with a candle and talk to the mirror ever. I don't care what you have to say. Don't roam the riverbanks at night. With your children, especially. And 
avoid houses with chicken legs. Don't invoke Baba Yaga. <laughs> Be a good grandmother and don't send your children out into the forest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we hope you enjoyed this episode with our new headgear, which hopefully cut down on background noise. You're still going to hear some because I have dogs. It's a thing. But hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you have good dreams tonight. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week. We don't have the topic picked yet, but I'm sure it'll be great. We're going to come up with something fabulous. <laughs> and if it's not fabulous, <laughs> listen anyway. Yeah, listen. <laughs> I just want to hear you say something. Close it out. And we are gone. Out. <laughs>